for your singing. Well, at this time, I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. As we often do in the evening service, with the prayers is we have a shorter sermon that is to whet our appetite for prayer. As we talked about living out the, the disciplines of the Christian life, prayer is one of the ones that we practice. And prayer is something that as Christians in America, we do, let's just say light compared to many of the rest, much of the rest of the world. And so we'll be stretching ourselves with maybe 20 or 30 minutes of prayer together. But for, for some people, that's a, some cultures and churches, that's a warm up. So we're, we're working our muscles here tonight. And we're going to begin and whet our appetite by reading Second Thessalonians 1. This is the Apostle Paul and his prayer for the Thessalonian church as he's writing his letter. Let's pay careful attention to God's word. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians and God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We always ought to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you you for another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all of your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. Since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord, from the glory of his might. When he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed, because our testimony to you was believed. To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is God's word. Passage covers much. We'll be focusing mainly on verses 11 and 12 tonight. The, the end of Paul's prayer to this end, we always pray for you. Well, recently, Sammy discovered the Dixie Chopper in the garage. He always knew it was there, but he would like to go in and look at it. He'd ask questions about it, but for whatever reason, he was very scared of it. And every time I got near, he's not turning it on. He would run inside and um, he said, could I sit on it? So I opened up the garage and he sat on it. And then he said, next week, next week, could I have a ride on it? He had seen Caden Contrevo, like Tom would like just, just, you know, jetting across the, the parking lot and Caden would be, I think we could do that. So I put him up front and just put him right up there, and so he, he got little rides in the Dixie Chopper without the blades on, and he, he got that experience. Well, there's a problem. He has a two-year-old brother who also loves the Dixie Chopper, who is already more mechanically inclined than him, 
Buddha's also two years old. Like, Tom, you're not going down there. That's not happening. And Tommy wants to be four now so that he can have the joys of the Dixie Chopper. You know, what's the parent's goal for a child? They grow up. Right? You, you, you enjoy them where they are and you, you love them when you have your kids. I just, just had the privilege of Monday of taking my kids to the park and then I take, took them to ShopRite and of course the one thing I wanted at ShopRite it was out and it was completely gone. So we, we did laps around the stores and people said, oh, you know, they're so cute. You got your hands full. I think it's, it's wonderful, but we want them to grow up, right? If, if they stayed at their, their same level, right, of, of physical maturity and emotional maturity, that would not be a good thing. There would be something that is wrong when your, if your kids didn't grow up. And ultimately, for Paul, it's wonderful when, when someone is young and is excited and comes to know Jesus, but he wants them to grow and mature in Jesus. And that's what brings him joy when he says in, in verse 3, we always give thanks to God for you as is right because your faith is abundantly growing. And so we want to go past that basic faith to growth and maturity, just like the child's emotional and physical development. We want to grow up, so not only can someday Tommy ride on the Dixie Chopper, but someday Tommy can ride the Dixie Chopper. It's your job, Toms. Have at it, brother. So we know that something's not right, right? And, and, and so we, we have this distressing situation today even with, you know, children, adult boys, maybe boys in men's bodies who, who are you know, still at home. They, they're, they're old enough. They, they can leave. But they don't leave and they don't get a job and, and it's the failure to launch syndrome. Well, tonight Paul is expressing as a parent, spiritual parent, this desire for his brothers and sisters not just to be healthy, not just to be happy, not just to be able to enjoy the joys of life, but he points out the priorities of prayer. And Paul gives thanks for the faith and love in, in their trials that point to future glory. That would be a different sermon, but we're going to focus on verses 11 and 12, where he says, You're suffering in this trial, which is leading to glory, but meantime, this is how I'm going to pray for you, that you grow through it. And so let's look at Paul's prayer requests and praises. As I said in verse 3, he gives thanks to God for the obvious growth that's going on. What does it mean for their faith to be growing abundantly? Well, from verse 4, he's talking about the faithfulness to Jesus in the times of hard persecutions. And during this time, they are in tangible ways demonstrating their love that is obvious. You know, it's obvious even in their sufferings. This is a mark of a disciple. When you see someone suffering and growing and being able to glorify God, and, and people always see it. They can, they can notice it. He goes on to frame their suffering in a way that gives it meaning. One day Jesus will return, and all those who believe in him will rejoice with wonder, and, and you're part of that group. So hang on and think about how Jesus will be glorified in you. And because of this, then, as Paul gives thanks for that growth, he asks for more. Two things in verse 11. Right? To this end, for this reason, in the meantime, we always pray that God will make you worthy of your calling. It's the first thing that your life would reflect the wonder of being God's child through the suffering, and, and then a, a complex compound request, that he would fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by power, that your life would be one of action, that you would follow God's leading and step by, out in faith and rely on his power. And so that's what Paul prays for. 
He prays for godly growth. And that's his priorities. And and what you see here is less of the basic needs that we often pray for today, for health, for physical provision, for making wise choices in life. doesn't mean that Paul didn't pray for such things. There's times that he talked about his own severe illnesses and sicknesses and needs. He had limited space in his ancient letters. It wasn't like you know you you had a text count, right? You couldn't go and you could only go so far. So he only included what was important. The most important thing that the saints grow and mature in Jesus, and this is at the heart of the God-centered request. Jesus says in John fifteen eight, "By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples." So how do we apply this simple? Encouragement to pray for growth. Well, first of all, pray with God's people. Paul starts here praying for people. And it does sound a little odd to us. I think there's an, there's an awkwardness that we have today. I think it's because we live after Lessing's Ditch, theologically, right? There's a, there's, there's a disconnect between what God has revealed in the world. But God calls us to be people of prayer. One of the things I appreciate about my fellow chaplain, I'm co-slogged with chaplain David Borden, is he just, he finds reasons to pray for everything. We're just talking and we're working. He's like, you know, let's pray to God about this. And, um, you know, he's, he's actually quite liturgical. So he's not just, I, I don't know, you, you think of that maybe more extemporaneous as more of like a Pentecostal type of thing. He's not. He's very, he's very liturgical, um, kind of Christian reformed or something like that. But I love the fact that he can turn any situation, this is the time, to praise God and seek the Lord, and he does it so naturally. That's something that we can all practice doing, and maybe it seems a little awkward and take baby steps, but maybe you know, you're, at, you're at a friend's house and they're discouraged or something. Hey, let's, let's just stop and, and, and pray for the Lord right now, or something good happens. Let's praise God. Let's bring it before the Lord. Then, of course, we want to make our goals of prayer godly growth. You know, here's where Paul can teach us to pray. Do we pray that we will become, the people around us will become, more Christ-like. We, we certainly pray that our children grow up. I, don't, I love my kids, but I'm glad that they're getting older every day. Sometimes I pray. I, I don't want to pray that they grow up any faster. I want, I want to enjoy that, but there's a part of me that, that wouldn't mind quite so much. I pray that you grow up. pray that you mature. Do we dream about that? That we're growing up. And praying this way to grow in godliness can reshape our own priorities, even our own daydreams. And you notice what Paul does not say. He does not say, I pray that God stops this terrible persecution and makes it all better. He, he doesn't pray that God, I pray that God would give you everything you could possibly want and make all your dreams come true this side of heaven. He prays that in their current difficulties, God would use that to bring them growth, which is proof of their new life and final glory. So make it your priorities of your prayer for godly growth for believers in the world. Now think about this. Um, when you're praying for, if you're married, you're praying for your spouse. You should pray for them as they go through difficulties and they go through struggles. But you have the privilege of praying that God will use this particular time to help them grow. You, When you have uh, children or, or friends and you see them going through a difficulty, you can bring that before the Lord. Not, you know, not just the Lord would help them make them better, but would they help them grow in Christ in even some way that, that maybe if, if they're feeling rejection, that they would understand their adoption better. That they would be secure in who they are in Jesus. And we have the privilege 
of interceding for those we love that they could grow to be more like Christ-like. And God, God in some way hears that and uses that. It's a beautiful thing. And, and, and so it doesn't mean that we shouldn't pray ordinary prayers. There's, there's, there's a time and place for that. But we do want to pray for, for, for kingdom-oriented prayers. We're praying for growth. Um, the, the church that was the original genesis of this idea, Capitol Hill Baptist Church, they have a, a prayer segment every evening service, and they probably have 500 people come to it. So it's, they have to be a little bit selective. But they just tell people, look, if, if, you're, if you're praying for, for physical needs or things like that, Pray with that with your family or your, your, your small group or whatever. That's, that's important, but that's not what we're doing here. We're praying for, for growth. And, and, and so we know that although we can pray for relief and suffering, there's also something far better that we want to look to as well. That in that pain, we have a God who is preparing us for eternal glory, even now, through the sufferings. And then finally, pray for particular instances in godly growth. Verse 11 is, is a mouthful, especially to, at the end. You know, to this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. And I think this is one of the times that the uh, paraphrase translation is helpful. I think the New Living Translation does a good job of bringing this out. It says, so we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. And then it says that last part, may he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Now, how many of you know people who claim to be Christians show, but show little evidence of that? Um, they don't spend time with the body of Jesus. You know, they should, they know they should, but they don't. Well, that's an instance of maturity. And you could pray for this and pray that the Lord would give them faith to prompt them to do good things. And also for us as well. If God is calling me in some way to reach out to my neighbor or to offer a hand to someone in the church or to repent to a brother or sister in Christ or to take that next step with a spiritual conversation, a coworker, we could say, Lord, would, would you, you've given me the, the prompting by faith, and now would you give me the power to step out and do this? We all want to grow up, um, to become like Jesus, and may God help us to be the people who pray to him so that we have a glimpse of eternity even now as we serve him. And please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for the Apostle Paul and his passionate prayers. Very often we are uh, like a small toddler looking at something we'd like to do and we realize how far we had yet to go is in growing into the body of Christ and, and so we ask not just for our own selfish self-satisfaction but because we want to become righteous like Christ that we could grow up one into another would you help us as we are transitioning soon to praying Lord that we would be able to pray prayers that seek your glory in, in your kingdom, through our, our suffering, even through this world, Lord. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. And so we pray this in Jesus' name.